probably three years ago where I realized I didn't have to battle myself if I was consciously thinking about something. Yeah. That actually took a while. All right, meditation doesn't have to be this perfect, it's not this perfect thing. I mean, yes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast. My name is Morgan Dix, and this is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and health. And today, I'm delighted to introduce my good friend, Tola Ogantoyimbo. Tola is an old friend of mine. We went to boarding school together back in the late 1980s. And like most people who go to boarding school, you share some intimate times together, to say the least, and and you forge some powerful bonds. Tola and I were passionate about lacrosse when we went to school together, and we pushed each other on the field as part of one of the best teams in our league. So it was a delightful surprise to catch up with Tola recently after all these years and learn about his passion for meditation. I think you're really going to enjoy learning about Tola's journey with Vipassana meditation in particular. And before we start, a quick word from our sponsor, Health IQ. The One Mind Meditation Podcast is sponsored by Health IQ. And Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. You can go to healthiq.com forward slash one mind to support our show and see if you qualify. So for example, did you know that physically active people have a 34% lower risk of all-cause mortality, a 56% lower risk of heart disease, and a 22% decrease in cancer mortality compared to people who remain inactive? So to see if you qualify at Health IQ, get your free quote today over at healthiq.com forward slash one mind, or mention the promo code one mind when you talk to a Health IQ agent. So now let's jump into our show with Tola Agantayimo. All right, great. Tola, welcome to the show, man. I am so pumped. We're having this conversation and, and thank you for joining us. It's great to be chatting with you. All right, great. So I like to start the show and really ask our guests, and I'd like to ask you just to tell us a little bit about your background. Like, how did you begin your path on towards Vipassana meditation? How, how did you get started? When did you get started? What were the life conditions and factors for you that kind of catalyzed this kind of turn towards meditation? Yeah, I think I got started meditating around probably 2009 or 10, you know, actual you know, sitting on a pillow. Yeah. Uh, but before that, I'd been painting for a long time. I've been, probably been painting for about, oof, it's like 24 years now or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say that, you know, painting for me is similar to, you know, has been similar to meditation. Not the yeah. same thing, but it's, you know, it's close. So I had, I had some practice of just sort of sitting there, but it really 2000, 
nine, 10, around there, I started going to this Buddhist center temple. They would have a sort of a, I can't ever tell the difference between the two secular, non-secular sitting sessions, like once a week. Yeah, yeah. Somebody suggested I go to them. Uh, and it was, you know, Tuesday night between, I don't know, like 7.30 and 9.30 or 9 or something like that. And I really just sort of started getting into it. I really looked, started looking forward to that, to that time. Yeah. And, and, and this is down in Chapel Hill? Yes, it is. Nice. So that's a great spot and a great service they have there. I don't do that so much anymore since I'm, it's sort of, it's a group that was a group meditation and I really I I kind of just like sitting yeah on my own although sitting with other people's a different experience all you know there again a different experience yes but I, I think I did that sitting um, you know one time a week wasn't doing it at home would just go there and meditate I think I almost did that it might have been for a year I did that mm. maybe longer yeah but it was consistent, and I kind of like to think as soon as if I can be, it's like with exercise. Hey, I've been doing this for a while. I've demonstrated yeah. consistency to myself. There's something there. And then I had a friend who was into. Uh, she, I didn't know anything about Vipassana meditation at the time, but she was had done it on the West Coast a few times, more than a few probably, and. Was yep. this Alan? Yes. Yeah. And so through her started thinking, wait, you know, that might be kind of cool. So I think around 2000, might've been 2011, I decided I was going to do, go to one of these, you know, 10 day sets. Yeah. So that, you know, up until then it was pretty much, Again, that that one night a week, and then I might have started sitting on my own at home. But I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. And then I did that ten day sit, and that was a, you know, that really was a game changer. I love yeah. it. Where, where did you do that? It was in Jessup, Georgia. Right. Just in the middle of nowhere, and it literally the train station <laughs> there is like a burned out thing. You know, it's about yeah. It's about. I want to say seven hours from here. Wow. So, you know, take the train down because I didn't really want to, I was thinking I didn't want to get from this experience, good or bad, and, and drive a car. Yeah. So took a train down and get off of this train station and it's like literally burned out. It might be, it might have been rehabilitated by now, but, and it's a great facility there. Mm. And, uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, but I I did like the idea that nobody could talk. So yeah, so it was a ten day silent retreat. Yes, got it. Kind of they, they you go there, they you sit down, they tell you you know no talking at a certain point, and then off you go. Yeah, did, and did you have like you got daily instruction and stuff? Yes. From oh man, and I'm going to forget his name now. Uh, but they had you know recordings that they played. Goinka, is that right? Yeah, Goinka. Yep. 
the recording that they played every day, which is kind of, you know, could be a bit, a bit strange at the same time. Yeah. It really, it, it really is not, you know, for me, I was, I was just kind of open to let's go. Yeah. So it didn't, <laughs> and you know, yeah. input, output, it didn't really matter to me. And it was, you know, it's pretty intense. Couple hours sits. Yeah. A couple times a day. I did not do the 4 a.m., you know, <laughs> I also want to say the 4 a.m. ghetto blaster sit because that's the <laughs> impact it would have on you. I mean, <laughs> not getting up then. Yeah. It, that was rough. I would just sort of get up and do, you know, first bell to breakfast and then. I don't, uh, I'm not usually a breakfast eater, so I think I did. Yeah. But for some reason there, I think I, I, I did. Yeah. I, I go right into that first, first sit. And, you know, it started off, it was really great the first two or three days. Yeah. I mean, I had so many ideas. There was, I wish I had a pen and paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just, you know, yes. You know, this is great. <laughs> yeah. and, then, yeah, and then the pain starts. Yes. And then you got to, you know, work it through that stuff. And then the ideas just go, you know, they're gone, you know, they start going away and you want to reach back for them and there's no, like later for that. Yeah. And then, you know, I couldn't really go back and accurately describe. It's been so, gosh, by now it's six, seven years ago, which is a shame yeah. because I really want to go back there and do it. It's, it's tough to find the time, but yeah, I mean, I think about it literally every couple of months. I'm like, I, I really, but you know, day four, five, six, whew, that's some, that's some other stuff in there. Mm. I, can, I can accurately describe it to you, but it's, you know, at some point the, there's a battle that happens yeah. and I guess every sit is different for different people. And I think uh, my challenge going if i went back to do another one would be my preconceived notions about how it went the first time uh, because that could be heck i know when it when i'm working on paintings that's a limiting factor because you just close down what you close yourself off to new experiences if you're trying to like recreate something that's already happened yes right right, right. that that makes sense so and speaking in future tense you know, that's, I think that would be the, the main challenge there. But if I remember correctly, there was a battle. And then I think at some point, you know, the Goinka's voice got on my nerves for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, but that's, then you realize, oh, this is all, this is all part of this. This is all part of it. Totally. And then somewhere, you know, praying for salvation or something, when will this end? Day seven. And then, I don't know, by, as I'm relaying it to, I'm like, yeah, it's day seven. You, I mean, you kind of forget about time, which is helpful. Yeah. And then by eight or nine, somewhere around nine, I was just, I was fully cooked. But there's a period in there where I was like, all right, now, now I get it. Yeah. You know, I had, hadn't arrived somewhere, but I felt like I had been through something. Or, yes. Yes. And that is as important as anything else. Would 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 you say would you would surrender be like a good term for that? Yes, I would. I would say so. I mean, there's so much. There's only so much battling you can do, and then not going anywhere. Yeah. That 
Hey, that's a great point. You know, where the resolution comes, you know, you're right. Surrender. So you have to, either you are starting to whisper to your, your friends who you've made in the no talk zone because you can't handle it (laughs) (laughs) or you're, or you're getting into it. The, one of the, one of the neat things I did there was I'd sort of, and that you can't exercise or anything, but I had this walking route. Mm. And I'd hit that sucker with gusto. Yeah, I, be- <laughs> I, be- I believe it, man. In between, and it's great because you could just be in your head. So I think that surrender part by that by by day eight, that's about right. And then you know nine, it's like, oh, this is this is done tomorrow. Yeah, but hey, tricks. You know, ten is not really just done. You you still have you still have ten. So. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, by the time I was done, I was ready. I was ready to be done, but I, it was just a, I was like, that, that was really cool. And it was interesting because, so, you know, a couple of people dropped out for some reason. Yeah. One reason or another. So I guess a sense of accomplishment coming out of it. And then you're with people as a group. And so you've yes. been with folks for 10 days and you haven't been talking to them. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can communicate. Yeah. And make eye contact. Yeah. You know, which is, which is really kind of interesting. And, and do you find, I know I always found this on silent retreats that you, that's like a really beautiful time right after the retreat talking with people. I mean, you're vulnerable, but at the same time, it's, you've been having, actual relationships with people in the silence but they're the relationships are all almost happening in a different dimension they're in a more subtle context you know and i always felt like i you know on some level i'm like i know you i i could feel i could feel the arc of your battle or i could feel the arc of what you went through even though i was in my own battle I was aware of my kind of fellow warriors on all sides to some extent, you know, I always was aware of them and, and somewhat kind of tuned into the temperature of their own trajectory. Did you, and then, so I always feel or felt like close with them. Did, did you have that at all? Yeah, I think, uh, my roommate was really cool. We're connected on Facebook. I think it connected with a couple of people on Facebook after that, but, yeah. and still <clears throat> connected there. But, you know, he, you know, you share a room with somebody in the same, and you're going through this thing. And we're very, I think there's uh, being respectful in this space. Yeah. And that said a lot. And that was really, that made it, uh, a much easier experience. Mm. And, and you don't get to choose your roommates or anything, but I really felt like, you know, having, having him there actually helped the experience Mm. because you can, you can, there's a, there's something nice about when you can be present with, you can be in somebody's presence, but you don't, but you don't have to say anything. Yeah. And in this case, you're not supposed to say anything, which was even better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then, but then being, and, and both parties being respectful of that. Yeah. That was really cool. But I think, you know, I agree with that because I, 
talking about the experience with other folks afterwards, almost like a decompressing. Yes. Yeah. And that was really, that was really nice. Mm. What happened and then this and, you know, people's experiences are, are really different. Yeah. Right. Well, so I want to ask more about the retreat, but I also, and, and I want to ask you, I want to ask you about some of your takeaways from the retreat and stuff and like kind of how you move forward out of that experience. But I, before we do that, I want to back up a little and just get a little bit more of a sense like, so like towards the beginning of when you started to describe, when you started to go to that weekly Tuesday night meditation, yep. usually, yeah, I mean, usually people start meditating for a reason that, like you said, it's, it can be different for everybody. Their experiences can be different, but often the catalysts are different for starting. For me, I know it was like, I was in college and I, I've just felt something was missing. I mean, I had this very strong sense that's, that something important was missing. And I, suddenly I found like I was looking. I was looking for something and I didn't really know what it was. And for me, I started to find it in meditation. It was some sort of deeper sense of meaning and purpose. And I mean, that's a kind of general way to put it. But I... I'm wondering, yeah, so what was it for you? Like, why back then when you started in whatever it was, 2010, 20, 2009, what was going on that you, you, you're like, all right, I want to try this? And, th and then what was it that then compelled you to take the step to go on a retreat? <laughs> so I think it's pretty funny. Well, you're lucky you started at college, man. That's, that is not, uh, I was a fret dude. I didn't. <laughs> I, I think that's why I ended up there. I was afraid. I I was, I was definitely partying a lot, throwing chairs out windows, and <laughs> getting tied to kegs with my with, with my pledge brothers. I mean, but I think I burned out on that pretty quick and and hit some sort of rock bottom. Yeah, I felt like this. You know, I thought partying was going to be the thing, but it's it's actually I'm unhappy. Right. That's interesting. And for me, I think the catalyst was uh, divorced in 2008, I think, or 2009, around there. Yeah. And then and then I was also working on a start was I working on a startup project then? I think I was sort of looking for what what to do next. Yeah. Can't remember what I was doing career-wise then. It's always working on a startup project or not. Yes, I, I was working on a on a startup at the time. But it was yeah. moving more into a consulting thing, so it wasn't really taking off. So that was a bit, you know, it was just anxiety, right? And yes. Small children. Yeah. And I, somebody suggested, I think it was twice, three times over a period, hey, you might want to check out this. Uh, it's a friend of mine who had, who had one of my paintings or something, and I mm -hmm. think suggested, hey, you should check this out. Yeah. So, and I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I should. That's maybe that's a thing. And if I can remember back to that time, I, I would probably have said to myself, oh, that's the thing that I need to try to get into this meditation thing. Yes. And you had how many kids? Three. Three kids, right. Yeah. And that was 
and so just try that. It's the right time at night. You know, I would have my kids Wednesday night or, you know, over the weekends. So yes. Tuesday night was kind of that was a, a, a good spot for me. Yeah. So it was available. And I, so there's something about going, you know, I always like, you know, whether it's working out or something, sometimes you just need that initial, here's how you do it kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, structure. Right. At least I do. So you're riding a bike and then. Me too, man. And then that's, that's basically how that started. And I went and I was like, all right, that, that was, that was pretty neat. Yeah. And then just kept going because you know, there's something about that meditation when you, you know, I just like that, that space that you can get into. Obviously yeah. it's different for different people, different for me at different times. But I, I just like that. Yeah. The quiet part. Yeah. And the follow, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say there was an immediate impact on two because they're really, I don't think, I call it the grocery line test. And this might be <laughs> years later, but it wasn't until, you know, standing in a grocery line and you're, you know, waiting for something and the blood pressure isn't going up. You know, there's not where am I supposed to be kind of a thing. Yeah. And then you either, you know, get actually get into your thing right there or you can just sort of look and zone out and, yes. or the, or the, the road rage test. Right. So yes, you don't, you, you know, when you get in the car, I learned a new technique when, if you, if somebody's driving really slow in front of them, slow down cause they speed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't in Boston, there's a rule that yeah. basically it's a tacit rule, which is called the, the 10 second rule. And you don't honk your horn for less than 10 seconds. <laughs> and, and it's brutal, man. This is the most ca like aggressive caffeinated car culture I've ever been in. And so I know exactly when you started to bring up the grocery line example, that's, I was like that, the, the, met, that, the metaphor to the car up here. So like, yep. I think you, the road rage one is perfect. That's it. And you just, and I, so I just started, I don't know, feeling just less animated, less anxietized. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's where it dawned on me. That's part of what meditation practice does. You know, you're, yeah. everything isn't so right there. Sometimes it can be, but a lot of times it's really not. And you can take that extra half a second. And I, I would, yeah. that's exactly what it is. You know, point oh five of a second extra before, you know, you hit the roof or have us some sort of emotion that's that's counter to the experience you really want to be having at the time. Yeah. So, Hey, there's nothing, you know, you go to the grocery store. If you went there and you're bouncing up and down, cause you've got to get out there. Your timing was off. Yeah. Go another time, you know, it's the sort of people are doing whatever they need to do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been, that part has been very, very nice. And in some ways, you know, I call it, it's a type of medicine, but it's, yeah. I'm slow to call it that because it's not really, but then again, it has that, it can have that impact. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, I'm sure that what you're describing in terms of the effects, I think everyone listening can probably relate to like just that, that sense of being able to just mitigate your kind of reactive self and just like, you were saying like 
it only actually takes like a breath or like half a second to just pause before like reacting. And then you yep. can kind of, and you, you know, and then that moment you can see, oh, okay, I don't need to be a freak out right here. I can just actually enjoy the space. <laughs> you know, I, yep. I, I don't actually have to go with this sort of inner freight train yeah. that wants yeah. to run everybody down. <laughs> So I, you know, so I can do my thing. Yep. It sounds like in your early experience in these Tuesday night classes, you had the experience of a kind of part of yourself, like that quiet space. Can you just say a little bit more about that? Like, was that, was that a new discovery? Was it something that you felt like, oh, I, I know this space from painting or... Can you speak to that a little bit? Did you know that research has shown that meditating daily can lower blood pressure, decrease cortisol levels, and reduce the risk of death from heart disease? The One Mind Meditation Podcast is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. And you can go to healthiq.com forward slash one mind to support the show and see if you qualify. But here's the cool thing. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. So probably you, I'm guessing. So check it out to see if you qualify Get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash one mind or mention the promo code one mind when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Also, I will link up the Health IQ hot link in our show notes for this episode. So check it out. Now back to our show. It sounds like in your early experience in these Tuesday night classes, you had the experience of a kind of part of yourself, like that quiet space. Can you just say a little bit more about that? Like, was that, was that a new discovery? Was it something that you felt like, oh, I, I know this space from painting? Or can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. When we, when we did those sits, and I should really look up the uh, the place where I sat because they were really great and led by a, a couple of very awesome people. I think we did like some sort of stretching beforehand. Yeah. So, so you know, that was kind of neat. So you, you're feeling slightly more limber and then now you've got to sit there and everything just kind of, I don't know what the word is. Just everything slows down. You don't have to process everything at once. Yeah. Maybe that's it. The idea that you don't have to, you know, the the, the brain, the, the brain chatter just comes down a little bit. And I think, you know, having not been in the practice of doing that, you know, reducing brain, brain chatter. Oh, you mean there's an opportunity when I don't have to be thinking all the time about everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think maybe that's the, the sort of doorway. Now, in the painting, it happens 
you know, hands moving, eyes are open, standing. I'm actually painting right now because it helps me, it makes conversations easier on the phone. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, and that's, again, different. So when, you know, I'm there, I'm, I like to paint from the subconscious. So it, it helps if the hand is moving sort of of its own accord. Mm. Uh, and that's a different sort of space than, you know, sitting there and sort of being in your body and, you know, and the, and the, and the brain just turns it down a little bit. Yeah. Which is a different space again than say exercise. Yeah. Which is, you know, body gets turned all the way up and the brain just sort of goes back and it's not really subconscious is really, you know, in my, in my experience, subconscious isn't processing very much your, Oh, this is painful thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that's the meditation was sort of this middle way, almost a workout for the mind or just time out. Yes. And then yes. interestingly enough, Sometimes the, I think what I've learned since after the sit, it's been a few years. Now I just sort of plug in. I have this app, Insight Timer, which I love. I've been using that for like four years, I think. Mm. Uh, but anyway. Insight, Insight Timer, right? Yes. You said, got it. You know, it's just, a, I'm able to sort of tune in there and, and just sort of drop out. I lost my train of thought for a second because I was, I was in there, I was on a roll because I was, thinking about painting uh, and thinking about the exercise and then thinking about the middle way part. Yes. Oh yeah. So where I was thinking about is sometimes I've been realizing more and more meditation is about accepting what to me where I'm at right now with my meditation is, is accepting whatever happens in my meditation. So mm -hmm. I'm, you know, daydreaming. Sometimes I'm processing. Sometimes I'm, you know, doing the breath thing and following, you know, following my breath and doing the, the body scan deal, whatever way is, is great. Yeah. So I want to say it was almost, ooh, it might've been three or four years ago. Again, that number, but probably three years ago where I realized I didn't have to battle myself if I was consciously thinking about something. Yeah that actually took a while. All right. Meditation doesn't have to be this perfect. It's not this perfect thing. I mean, yes. You know, it's part of that's the, huge, right? That is huge. A big revelation tied into this is as soon as I sort of started figuring this out, and this might also be with, with age two. Yeah. As soon as I started thinking, well, I don't have to fight myself about how my meditation is supposed to be while I'm meditating. Yeah. Uh, then more accepting of myself in other, in other ways, just in yes. general. Yes. Because that, that internal combat that's happening. Yeah. You just say, all right, no, you know, no way today, nobody's shooting at each other, right? There's no, <laughs> there's, uh, <laughs> there's no, there's no admonishment for crossing this. Oh, that's the line. You can't cross that. Well, yes. really? Yeah. And then that, I think it, it's reflected in, in how being more accepting of self in general. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's my experience too. There's a saying I have, I, I pass it on to the kids, you know, empathy for self, empathy for others. You know, mm. Put on your mask before you put on somebody else. But 
the idea that, you know, be forgiving of the, and that's, I got that from the meditation part. Yeah. Yeah. And that was after, that was after the, it sounds like you said that was a couple of years after the retreat. Yeah. So my practice, you know, they, they kind of say, well, meditate an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. (laughs) That, That lasted about, I mean, it was cool because you're, basically like the super person, you know? Yes. Yeah. Meditation thing. You're like, ah, you know, you can just, how <laughs> you can sit. Yeah. You know, you can just sit there and you're yeah. out and you're like, ah, the, all the world is beneath me. I've just, you know, I've crushed it. And then that just, you know, as soon as the rest of, you know, work and everything else starts hitting, it just gets whittled down. So I quickly went to a, all right. Uh, I think I was at 30 minutes. You know, at, 30 minutes and then 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then I think I went down to 30 minutes and then battling to have to be 30. And, it, you know, over time it's been 15, you know, and then different times of the day. And now I'm at 22 minutes. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, and th- that, you know, whatever works, I've kind of said, because uh, I just enjoy sitting, but that, Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I mean, there are a couple of things. One, like going back to to what you said about, you know, well, one, kudos on just like starting the habit and sticking to it, like independent of everything. Like the, because I, I find a lot of people struggle with that, making meditation a daily habit. That's a huge thing. And, and it ties into, I think, some of your subsequent insights which have to do with bearing with the practice long enough that you start to realize that from a certain point of view from a certain point of view meditation you can't really do it wrong but yeah. you have you have to get to the point where you realize that because up until that point it can feel the whole thing can feel very counterproductive because you're judging yourself so much and you know, it, it is, I think, a, a real bona fide fruit of one's practice when you realize, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. And that position is meditation, you know? Yeah. And I think you and I might have talked about this on a previous call or something, but, you know, I, in in some of the Tibetan Buddhists have a term for it called CCL, which is like couldn't care less, which is like, no matter what happens in your practice, doesn't matter. No matter no matter what happens up in your mind space, you can let all of it happen. And it, but it takes a while, often, to get to the point where you can authentically let it all happen, and and not actually just be neurotic about it and beating yourself up or whatever. And uh, yeah. that just. But the thing is, it's a, it's an ironic thing because it takes really implementing your daily practice to get to that point where it becomes not just kind of repeating of the inner instructions, which is like, that's also important. But yes. then over time, you know, that that deeper, you land in that, I, I think of it as a, just a deeper part of yourself. You just, you become more established in that place in yourself and you realize, oh, it's all okay. And and it's not that you're not going to stop battling with yourself 
forever because you you know that's just that's not my experience i doubt that's the dalai lama's experience but i think you're you're just more okay with the fact that you're going to do that you can always step back another level and let it be yeah and, uh, i really resonated when you talked about that and i think that's pretty awesome can you just share share with us a little bit like you know, you, you talked about like the superhero kind of coming out of the retreat and you're just like, <laughs> you know, I can, I'm the guru now, you know, I can do this. And you've given a couple really good examples, like the grocery line test, and the road rage example, uh, not judging the whole inner combat thing. Like obviously those were things that were real clear fruits of both your practice and the retreat. But like, I'm curious, like, can you speak to a little bit, like, after the retreat, what did you notice that was different? And how was it with your kids? Did you did your kids comment? Did they notice anything was different? And, yeah, just I'm curious, like, what other parts of your life, where did you see the influence and impact of the that's retreat? A, that's a great question. So with my kids, I would say, what did they notice? Well, they do notice that I do meditate, although it's more of a, it's a casual thing that I think that they can observe that I do. Yeah. Uh, and it's just part of the, Hey, I'm going to, all right, you know, keep the bickering to a minimum. I'm going to meditate. Right. Yeah. So that's sort of a thing. But right afterwards, I wouldn't say that there was an immediate, that they would have noticed anything in particular unless you know dad doesn't get all bent out of shape when x y or z happens right although not a the one i'm not one to get too bent out of shape over certain things except for noises at inopportune times long term i'll say i i believe that i'm more patient with them yeah but i would but i'd almost say that's kind of from life experience you know because you fail so much, you do whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you, and you, but then you understand the power of creativity and the power, yeah. of just the immense opportunities that are out there. And then I see these kids as, all right, they're the main thing that they have to know is that they're, they're okay. Like yeah. One of the, one of the traumas that we, I use that word lightly. I'm, I don't usually use those terms, but I think one of the sort of self-inflicted wounds that we, carry with us those you don't measure up you don't you know man those things just keep giving yeah so and i think meditation for me has has helped that has really helped me to uh, work on hey it's all right just that simple thing you're you're good yes and i and i I think i bring that to my kids whether it's school you know they're luckily they're all great students but heck you know they they have a challenge Hey, it's okay. You got a challenge. Not the end of the world. This is what happened. You know, let's look at the process. What, yeah. what led up to a thing. All right. You bombed that or this didn't happen. Uh, did you get enough sleep? So I try to help them break down things to where they're, they understand, Hey, this is not about you and you're all right. And I think in some ways that the meditation, uh, and after that I was just a little bit more okay. Yeah. Just with, with things in general. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm all right. I, well, 
I would so, say that's a huge thing, what you're describing. If, if as parents, that's our deeper conviction, our kids pick up on that. And, you know, it's, it seems to me as a parent, we, we, you know, often like we transmit a lot more than we ever say to our kids. And in a certain way, that's, pri- that's obviously primary mm-hmm. and, and comes before, before the words and before like the advice or the exhortations. And that's what I felt you were just describing was just like a, a baseline of you're okay. I, I'm okay, you're okay. And that to me, you know, that's just boils down to one word, which is like trust, trust in life, and just fundamental trust. And I think if you give that to a kid, you would know this better than me because you've been a parent a lot longer than me, but that seems pretty huge. It's, 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 a, it's a process, I think. I mean, that's, yeah. and that's honestly what one of the biggest things I think I could give to my kids is that, you know, being there, and I can be critical as a parent, but then also giving that just absolutely with that, hey, it's all it's it's all good. What we're talking yeah. about is that. Now, if we get into other sections when we're talking about that they they were deceptive or these other things, that's a different category. But I basically say right up until that category, you know, we're all everything's good. Now, even when we get into there, okay, here's how we don't come back here to the space. But, yeah. but really, and, and I think we're having, I'm not necessarily an egalitarian parent. I'm not a, you know, let's all have a group discussion about where you want to, you know, now with my oldest, that's, you know, she's autonomous. So that's more the case, but yeah, uh, more authoritarian to a, to a point, uh, but, but I want to promote independent thinking. Yeah. But I think the independent thinking uh, for them to not have to process through trauma, you know, like, you know, uh, they they have some idea, or they, but they're insecure in some way that I planted there. Like that's just not that's just not that's uncool, right? Yeah. Uh, so because life will do that to them anyway. So yes, yeah. How do we give? How do I give my kids the tools to process, to overcome obstacles, to reach down and say, "Hey, I'm okay," and keep going? You know, part of that is hey, finding. It's so cliche, but do what you love, finding what you what you love. But and with these kids, they're so what you want and what you love can change so often, so many different times. At this point, I'm just helping them. All right, take that next step, you know, and, and yeah. keep evolving, and then being aware, somewhat aware, because you know I talk about self awareness as a cliche too, and I'm not fully self aware. There's always things that, but finding ways to have them check in with themselves. Yeah. Just where I want to be. If I'm tanking on this, maybe this is not my place, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of beating yourself up, going back to the meditation thing, that, that sort of beating, beating myself up when sitting while in the meditation space almost started to be funny because sitting there and you're like, uh, I'm thinking about this problem. Right. And I'd be like, you can't do that. Da, da, da. <laughs> one of the one of the things with you know with startup and tech uh, having a startup and with technology, I would and working with clients occasionally, I noticed that I would 
whenever I would uh, sit and I would start thinking about a certain client from literally from the moment I started meditation to the end of it, and that kind of went on and went on, and then I realized, hey, wait a second. If that's happening, then maybe I need to go deal with this issue. Maybe that's not yeah. the healthy thing or yeah. whatever. And so I started realizing, wait, you know, meditation can be sometimes if I was uh, battling, oh, you can't think about that, then I would not have noticed that, hey, I'm still thinking about this. And whenever I do this with any particular problem, it means that that thing is really unsettling me on a level. Yeah. And that remains true. If I meditate, I'm sitting there and it's a, uh, something comes up and it's the same thing. Uh, to me, that's now I look at it as instead of, you know, fighting it, I'm like, oh, there it is again. That's okay. That's there's something there. That's something real that I need to go check out. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. going back to that. Yeah. I, I totally relate. It may be cliche, but the thing is, that is self-knowledge, you know, what you're describing is like you're building that foundation of self-knowledge where you realize, oh, it's just right under the microscope. It's right in front of me. This is, this is what I actually need to deal with. And yes. you know, I, can let it, I can let it go while I'm sitting here for these 20 minutes, but clearly the fact that I'm, 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 I keep finding myself in a state of total rumination <laughs> on <Yeah>. it, you <laughs> know, that yeah. I, I I need to deal with this. Yes. Totally. Yeah. I want my meditation space back. Kind of. A yeah. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have to work for it. I want it back and I want to <laughs> think about my problem. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And uh, here so here we are, like, you know, it's it's been six years and, you know, how would you describe your practice now? Like, you know, you di- you, you're going, you're doing it 20 22 minutes a day and you're doing a little better than me. I'll admit it just, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm like, I was going strong post new year's, but like I, I, I took it. Well, get, you know, what kills me is like having a toddler and you get sick. And oh then, yeah. And then, you know, you're just like, okay, I got to yeah. sleep. I got to yep. sleep at all costs. But yeah, I'm I'm back on the pillow, but still it's like I'm getting back. I'm I'm, I'm pushing my times back up, but it, it doesn't actually it doesn't in any way affect my relationship to meditation. I think probably just because I've done so much meditation that it I just feel like it's just part, such a deep part of me. But I'm curious like how how do you how do you think about your practice now? And how do you see it serving you right now in your life? Oh, first, uh, that's great. Your practice, I have not had to maintain my practice with child under two, et cetera. I mean, that's, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Uh, they, they require quite a bit. And, yeah. then, and then really, I'm probably still, you know, I'd almost say I'm still nervous about Skipping meditation, you know, yeah. if I get if I get two days in a row, then I'm then I'm like, oh no, I don't have as much faith in my practice as you do about yours in returning to it. Right, uh, I probably could, but I don't want to because I sort of rely on it so much. You know, yes. it's like it's like exercise. I mean, although yes. you know, get out, don't exercise for a while, you know what it's going to take to get back into it. 
Totally. I've done that a few times. I have faith that I'll, that I'll do it. Don't like to do it. I don't really want to do that with meditation because I'm afraid of the benefits sort of melting away. Yes. And that I just can't, I mean, I almost can't even tolerate the idea of that idea, yeah. the concept of not having that extra sort of cushion in the, in the head. Yes. I think my practice right now, it's, you know, 22 minutes up from 20, you know, up from 15, yeah. you know, down from 30, uh, you know, down from 45, you know, up from 30, you know, yeah. it's, uh, from twice a day to, you know, now this, I almost call it maintenance mode. Yeah. And heck, if I don't put it in a, you know, in a day, I'll do the five minutes at, you know, 10 45. Yes. Yes. Now that's uh, What's really interesting is cause I have this insight timer and I play this game that I don't really want to play that it's, that I'm kind of playing, but there's a neat thing about that consistency of, you know, you get 10 days, you know, meditated for 10 days in a row and, yeah. So there's an element of there's an element of almost this sort of cheesy, you know, black velvet art, you know, <laughs> to my meditation using the using the timer to to, to sort of uh, to measure when I'm meditating. Yeah. And I don't really, again, I try not to look down on it, but I I do think it's weird. Like I will look for the all right. I'm going to meditate. I don't say I'm going to meditate for 10 days in a row, but if I've gone for six, I'm like, I'm going to keep going. So, yeah, uh, I give my, you know, and then at 10, if I want to take a break, I can. Yeah. That sort of thing. So the device has actually helped me, I think, maintain consistency again in that cheesy sort of velvet painting sort of way, but I'll take it, you know. Yes. Uh, the velvet painting, man. That's a great, I didn't know what you meant. Now I'm with you. Like those like yeah. Panthers and stuff yeah. like, yeah. oh yeah, man. You're bringing back some memories. <laughs> you know, That's I'll take it. awesome. As as I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm doing this year after year and there's something, yeah. that, you know, it's, it's one of those things, but that has really helped me. Yes. Consistent. And I yeah. can look back and say, you know, here's however many meditations and that's like all right building up that's a lot and that's really cool to look at that's a neat number uh and yet there's just the, then there's the everyday sort of impact of that yeah which is itself another thing you know one's ego-based and one's sort of like well it's ego-based it's not a number i'm like hey i got this number of meditations but you know what i'm saying one is like here i'm i'm sort of gaming myself yeah and then but then there's the real impact of you know, when I woke up this morning, I didn't meditate and then I'll be thinking about when to fit it in Yeah, pretty much the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, go pick up my daughter from school. Uh, yeah. Girlfriend's coming over. Uh, when do I fit that in? Is it going to be five minutes? Yeah. Is it going to be, is it going to be the 22 minutes? And then, and then I'll be plotting, you know, cause I, I really, I really do need that. Yeah. Now it's, I think in the, it's winter time. I think I do better meditating in the morning, uh, than I do in the afternoons. Yeah. And I think when the light changes and it gets warmer, that I can meditate around, you know, towards the evening. Mm. That's cool, man. I mean, I, I definitely have a, I have a couple of responses to that. One is that, I mean, for me personally, I think it's always, like consistency trumps quantity, I think, no matter what. 
that to me, there's just something about like, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes in a day, the value of doing that five minutes and just keeping the streak in the long game is so much more valuable than beating yourself up for not doing it longer or missing a day. Cause you know, often that, that can be, well, if I'm only going to do it five minutes, whatever, I just won't do it. You know, it's like that. I just think there's, there's just such deep fundamental value in keeping that streak going and having meditated now for what, like 22, 23 years for me, there's no question consistency trumps quantity. Like I, I just, so I'm with you on that. I think like that's the most important thing. And, you know, I have theories. I don't actually know if they're actually true or not. But like for me, I just think it's like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're fanning the flame there of the, the fire. And, you know, if you, if you just stop fanning it, it's going to go out. But if you yep. fan it a little bit, you're keeping that ember glowing, you know, and you're keeping yep. it. And that thing is like, that's your, that's your, that's your source there, you know, that's your little flux capacitor, you know, it's that, that's the, the thing that keeps it, that's the power source. And, and I do think like, it's, it's a bigger thing than I think we can cognize the, the value of that consistency. And just and the fact that you even think that you, me, whoever, but like thinking about it and, and kind of like all of that, to be honest, is, is part of, the fanning of the flames you know because it's like it's prioritizing meditation you know and and it's saying this is higher this is more important for me and and even in the act of doing that and thinking about it in that way i think it's significant yeah i hadn't hadn't really thought about that but priority wise it's really interesting because i do put i put out there it's you know it's exercise and meditation are the two things and they Me too. and i have the program they have to be in that week because and without exercise i don't it just and especially again with getting older man stuff goes south so bad oh, and it's totally so, so pathetic and i was just yeah. like no damn it <laughs> <laughs> i'm the same way i'm i am like my 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 wife says like if i don't exercise she's like Oh, you're wilting. He's wilting. He's wilting. <laughs> I just become like a weaker version of myself. If I don't exercise, I, I'm like, I don't feel like the same person. And yeah. I mean, there's a whole posture thing. I mean, just what is, you know, exercise contributes that help it straight your back is there all those. Yeah. You know, for me, that just feeds that sort of body confidence. I don't think about it like, oh, I'm huge, but the, the internal body. Yeah. You know, totally I needed to know, you know, that I pushed myself to some threshold again, not training for anything in particular, but just, it's just a, pra- it's just a practice, right? It's a practice. Just like them. And that meditation for me is that similar thing. I probably do some of the same things, uh, with how I uh, approach my workouts that I do with meditation. So yeah, consistency is, is really like you're saying, it's really important prioritizing really important to get slotted in the day. Uh, and then sometimes you got to say, you just got to put it over. I just got to sit. Yeah. Yeah. And then some days yeah. you have to be just as uh, willing to say, yeah, not today. And yeah. 
you you have to give yourself a pass. Totally. So the oh you should have da 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 all that doesn't because just like with exercise, man. If you, if I had to go to the gym when I didn't feel like it, I've literally parked in front and said nope and gone back home just because you know. Yeah. If you don't give yourself room to do that, hell, I've been at you know in the locker room da 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 then it stand staring for a second and walk right out. You got to be able to do that mm. uh, because that allows you, so that gives you license that, Hey, I can come and go as I please. I choose to, I choose to come here. I choose to sit. Uh, yeah. and when I don't have it. That's okay. I'll come back to it. That's awesome, man. I love that. I love that. And there's one other thing I wanted to respond to, and then I think we, we should wrap it up. But the other thing that you talked about with the timer and that I think like also like I, I think this is relevant for everyone who's listening probably too is like, and again, this is just, this is my take. I feel there is no shame in having external reinforcement as a significant factor in keeping one's practice consistent, firing on all cylinders and just like, so when you describe like getting that 10 day streak and having the timer be like, bing, you know, ringing the bell and saying, yeah, you know, I think like that's like positive pride, you know, pride in the best sense. Like that is wholesome. And, yep. you know, it's just like, I don't know if you have this, but sometimes you feel like you should like, you know, you should be starting and coming into this like fully cooked and out of the box, ready to be like a, a, a champion you know, but it's just not, (laughs) it's not the case. And I don't know if that's more, I think that's the case for men and women. I I just think it's like our Western culture puts a premium on like, you got to be perfect, you know? And that relates to what you're saying about like, then a lot of us have imposter syndromes. We, we have that sense of like, you know, I'm not good enough or we're beating ourselves up. I, I think, you know, we all get that. Are you still there? Okay, I think we all we all we all get that from our culture and I think like it relates to that like oh I shouldn't I shouldn't need any external reinforcement but I think like you know it's like when I was in the ashram we needed like you know we meditated so much dude like on Sundays we would meditate for like 12 hours and every oh. day no ma- yeah every Sunday that was just oh. and then on Every day, you know, we start the day with two hours of meditation. And, you know, that was like, I was in that for 14 years. And if I didn't show, you know, you better believe someone was on my ass about it. And it was like external, that was, and that was in a context which was solely devoted to that, you know, that practice was the heart of our kind of community. Right. And we, we all needed external, we, you know, you had the social peer pressure and, you know, that had its, it had its own big downsides and whatnot. Cause you know, whatever, any group yeah. dynamic that you get that stuff. But I just think it's like, it's unrealistic to think that we don't, you know, it, it, it just, to me, it's not an, it's not a negative. I, I, I thought it was like when you were talking about that, you know, insight timer and getting the streak i'm like god bless you man because that sounds awesome and (laughs) i just think it's taking something that's in internal invisible 
yeah. un- untouchable, and it's and then it's making it concrete with that yeah. timer. And like we are visual, sensate creatures who need you know to be able to relate to. So it helps concretize it in a really positive way. And like I like I for me, I'm just like man, that's awesome. Well, I, th- I think it's really cool that there are so many of those apps out there. I mean, there's yeah, they're in different types, and you know, I don't do the guided meditations per se, but yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of people do. And you know, hey, if people are getting benefit, I mean, the more folks we have meditating, I think the better off we all we all benefit from that. Yeah. So from the from that from definitely. From even more than that perspective, I, I agree with you there. If that's the external thing is helping, then yeah, more please. Yeah, more please. Yeah, but it's it's still kind of you know in in my head it's still kind of interesting. It's like yeah, you know, yes, yeah, and I don't really have a no. And I'm I don't mean to criticize you for that either. I'm just saying I I I think it's awesome. Yeah, well, thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because I don't have a necessarily a context for this is how I've never been one to be like this is how real meditators or this is how gurus in some place do that. I you know I don't yeah. really you know, I'm sort of I don't know what the word is. Um, I'll put it another way, so with my painting style, I don't really go study other people because yeah, everything I need is inside me. Yeah. And it's in your DNA and, and how the trick is how to, how to get into it. Right. Yeah. And nobody yeah. can really, and the masters who know how to get into that, uh, produce great things. It doesn't matter what they're doing. So right. same thing with meditation. It's like, it's in, it's in you. It's, and that's what, and people all over do it. Uh, and we, and humans have this ability. And when, if you can just sit there and do it, then you're connected with all that. Yeah. You know? Yes be your own guru uh, type of thing. Although at 12 hours on a Sunday, I mean, good God, <laughs> man. I mean, yeah, you need some external. I, I need, you know, something with the you know, Billy clothes. Come on down. Cause no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man. I've, I've done that 10 days uh, sit thing. And, uh, oh, you did so, it. Yeah. Yeah, that's but that's a, a twelve hours on a Sunday. Woo! That was every Sunday, man. I and you know it was like two an hour or two before breakfast, and then like you know three hours until like noon, and then another five hours. So I don't know, but that maybe that's ten hours, maybe not twelve, or, or it was like somewhere between ten and twelve hours. But it was like it was the whole day. You know, there was nothing else. There was just meditation. The meal times and you know meditation. (laughs) That's so so rough. You need a giant, giant pillow. Well, yeah, you need to. You know, yeah, you definitely go through like soreness. But the other side of it, it was like every week, it was a beautiful reset to the whole, just to life. You know, you just like let go of the week before. You kind of and just it's kind of like a fresh slate going in into the next week and and that's something I I loved about that and uh but you know that was that was for that time it's not my life now but it it had its own value I think in that time in that context yeah that's uh 
That's really that's really interesting. I I think you're right on point about the longer sits being a, a reset. Yeah, I haven't done an I I'm sort of overdue for you know just a simple hour sit. I mean because those are just a really great. Yeah, almost like a it's almost like a uh, taking a longer bath or something. It's just yeah, just it it does more. Yes, and again without projecting how much how meditation is supposed to feel, I really feel great after longer sits. Unless, totally, unless I'm you know have not been doing my yoga, which I don't do. I'm, I'm stiff as hell. So (laughs) (laughs) I have like a freight liner truck driver pillow set up, man. I'm not messing around. Nice. You know, cloud ride, but you know what I'm saying? Those long, do the, like you're saying that do a, do something different. Yeah. Totally. This has been awesome, man. I really enjoyed just going into all this with you plume in the depths of your practice and, and, I feel like there's like a lot of really good nuggets and I think everyone's going to appreciate you sharing your story. So thank you very much. Cool, man. It's been uh, fun and great catching up again. And I'll, I'll update you on how these lacrosse courages go. Cause I'm sure you'll be entertained. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I would, I would like to know. And, and so like everybody, a little backdrop and I mentioned this in the intro, but Tola and I went to boarding school together and we played lacrosse together. And so, and you know, I, we were, we were, we were on a really competitive team at the time. I think we were, you know, we were one of the best teams in the league. And then also within our team, we were super competitive <laughs> all, all between each other. And, but we had, you know, we had an awesome time playing lacrosse together yeah. and, uh, those are like some of my most, some of my most vivid and fondest memories from boarding school. Yeah, that that was awesome. But I, I also have a question, Tola. Like, so if yep. people want to connect with you or they want to learn a little bit more about your work, how can people be in touch with you? Do you have and do you have a place where you profile any of your artwork? Yeah, they how can. Com- they can. They can go to that. First of all, uh, shout out to Mr. Akawendi Clayton for the yeah. for the memories there, but the. <laughs> They could go to my poorly designed website, which is terrible since I, have, I do some design stuff, but they could go to babatola.com, B-A-B-A-T-O-L-A. So my cool. Art stuff is. Nice. And I, I'm going to hook that up in the show notes for this episode. I'm going to link that up. So it's babatola.com. Awesome. Yeah, this has been really fun, man. I appreciate it. Thanks cool. So I hope you enjoy today's interview with Tola Oguntoyimbo. So I encourage you to check out Tola's site over at shinebig.com. And if you want to learn more about Tola's artwork, you can go to babatola.com. And please, if you enjoy today's show, consider leaving us a rating and a review over on iTunes. That is really the best way to help new or even experienced meditators, discover our show. And I should also mention that the One Mind Meditation Podcast is part of the Podcastica network. So check out Podcastica over at podcastica.com. You can find a lot of other really interesting shows over there. And so like usual, we're going to end with a quote. And this one's a little bit longer, but it's a beauty. And it comes from the Rigpa Glimpse of the Day. And it goes like this. 
Above all, we need to nourish our true self, what we can call our Buddha nature. For so often, we make the fatal mistake of identifying with our confusion and then using it to judge and condemn ourselves, which feeds the lack of self-love that so many of us suffer from today. How vital it is to refrain from the temptation to judge ourselves or the teachings and to be humorously aware of our condition and to realize that we are, at the moment, as if many people all living in one person. And how encouraging it can be to accept that from one perspective, we all have huge problems, which we bring to the spiritual path, each of us, and which indeed may have led us to the teachings. And yet, at the same time, to know from another point of view that ultimately our problems are not so real, or so solid, or so insurmountable as we have told ourselves. <laughs>